Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I want to give you a heads up before we like jump into the word. This word today is like one of those passages that kind of has me shook personally. And um, yeah, we're going to dive into that. But just uh, would you just ask the Lord like right where you are? I don't know about you, but I just would love to hear from him. I just want to be encouraged from him. I just want to hear his voice. And I'm up for a challenge from him as well. Uh, right where you are, would you just ask the Lord to talk to you? He cares about you so much. Father, I, I'm just so thankful just to be in this room with, with everybody here today. So thankful just to see you at work in so many lives and in so many amazing ways. You really are a friend like no other. And I just appreciate that song so much. And Lord, I want you to be everything to me. I want that. And sometimes I just, I feel like I would rather have something else. So Lord, today I just hopefully bring you maybe that double-minded place of my life. And I lay that before you. And I ask that you would just change my heart where it needs change, change my mind and my thoughts where it needs change. And, um, and Lord, I just ask that you would use uh, me as your vessel today in whatever way you see fit. Uh, as we open up your word, Lord, illuminate to each person in this room what needs to be seen today. And Lord, I pray for um, wounds of the heart to be healed today. Lord, I pray uh, also just for burdens that are carried. Lord, I pray that you would grant grace in this room to lay those at your feet. I know you want to carry those for us. And Lord, I pray today that we would hear your voice calling us to come and follow. And Lord, I pray that many would answer that call today. It is the only road worth walking. Thank you for guiding us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 4, 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. The Holy Spirit had come in such a powerful way in the early church that it literally transformed the way they saw everything in their life. They didn't see anything as theirs, but everything was their Father in heaven who had gifted them to be a blessing to everybody else. And it transformed the way they operated with their money and everything they had. They sold everything so that nobody among them had any needs. Now, I read this verse because as I've, as I've walked with so many of you guys, I've, I've watched like, I feel like this heartbeat, so many people in this room share. Like you would give, you would give anything if you found that there was a need in this room, like anything, I'm, I'm sure of it. And so I see amazing growth in so many lives in this room and I look around and I'm just like, I'm just honored to sit here with you guys. Like it really feels like that. And I'm not just saying that just to boost you guys up and make you feel good about your own self. I'm not. Like, it's really an honor. I'm like, what a joy. What a joy. I look around the room. It's such a joy. And I know that the guys in this early church were thinking, what a joy this is to see. Brian, to see you preaching to 300 people, man. 
That's amazing, bro. God knows the king. But from mowing to praying with one person to then speaking to 300 on a stage, that's amazing. Way to go, by the way. Jake, incredible. It's just amazing. Just to see you walk in this door, what, a year, two years? How long have I known you? A year and a half. Just to see what God is doing. Like sitting around the world, man. Like amazing things. It's such a joy to witness and watch. I'm humbled. But at the same time that this stuff is happening, we're about to step into a part of the passage that's really a challenge. Because oftentimes we think that the greatest challenge for the church is persecution on the outside, but oftentimes it's problems on the inside. We're going to look at maybe a little bit of the issue of the inside. And I'm just going to read this humbly because I'm just, I'm a little bit sober-minded about it, to be honest with you. So now I want to hand this to you guys because I think it's a timely passage for our church. Acts 4, you can start with 32, read through chapter 5 through 11, and we got this on the screen. So just take a moment and read that for yourself. So here's also what I want to continue just to walk with our family in this way. We asked God to highlight for us what we needed to see. I encourage you, as you read that passage and there was places that stuck out to you, maybe a little bit louder than any other part, I just encourage you, write that note down in your phone and go back and study that this week. That means there's more in there for you. Go look, go dive a little bit further. He's answering our prayers. He did answer those. So things that highlighted to you as you read that passage, you've got more work to do there. Go dig a little bit. There's diamonds when you dig. So, all right. Now you see why I'm like, sober-minded about this. I want to start, I just want to read a little bit for, for us. Um, and I want to read, let's see, what verse would that be? I think one and two, chapter five. And before those chapter and verses were placed in there, this would have read like a, like a book. And so I believe that chapter five, right where they have that verse change, is a little bit of a, a takeaway from what this verse is really meant for us to capture because right above chapter five, it talks about this guy named Barnabas. And then Barnabas, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And then you have this verse change, but a man. And so there's an there's a effort by the writer to talk about two different, very different things happening here. There's one guy who's got this reputation already. Think about this. Barnabas isn't just bringing his field money all of a sudden. He's got a reputation in the church. He's an encourager. That means he's been in the game a long time. I just encourage you guys, this is a journey. Barnabas was on a journey to the place where he finally was like, I, I wanna go further. I wanna go more. I'm giving away my property for other people to experience favor. He's lived this walk. He's walked the walk. He's talked the talk. He's not just talking game. But there was a different person. The writer wants us to note and see the drastic difference of person that this is. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself 
some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Ananias said, I mean, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain yours, your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Meaning God didn't even require you to do this. It was yours to give away. He's saying we got choices, guys. You don't even have to do that. You got a choice. And you chose to make this whole thing about you. And here's why I'm really challenged by this passage. Because a few weeks ago, we talked about this guy, Peter, right? Peter is the very apostle who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you will never die. You'll never go to the cross. What did Jesus say to Peter? What did he say? Come on, Phoebe. Get behind me, Satan. Now you've got Peter the guy who Jesus said that to, saying to someone else, why have you let Satan fill your heart? I know Peter's humbled in this moment. I know he is. And I don't have a good box for it, to be honest with you. I really don't. The best way that I understand this time in the church's existence is that this is post- Jesus' death and resurrection. This is post the Holy Spirit coming upon a people declared holy for holy purposes. This was a a choice. They had to choose to turn their back on the Holy Spirit and to follow Satan. And Satan's way is always the same. Exaltation of self. It's about me. It's about my wants It's about my needs. It's about me. And so there is this display of honestly God's judgment against Satan within the church in this that I don't understand. But we are each sitting here by grace. And as you read this story, maybe you're like me. I just want to point at me. It is by God's grace that I'm still doing what I'm doing. I just want to tell you that. Because I think there's a lot of weeks where I've sat up here and I've just wanted something good to say so people would say, man, that guy's amazing. It's about me. Nobody knew it. God knew my heart. And I'm just going to be really honest. Like when I read this passage, like there's this like truly sobering aspect where I'm like, Lord, you truly are everything to me. And you're so much more kind and gracious than I ever could imagine. Thank you. Because I don't really deserve to keep doing this. And I'm under more grace than I even know. I don't know about you, but I look at my life back then and I thought I was walking a walk. And now I look back and I was like, I was was way off. But the Lord graciously cares and he walks with us all the way down the road. I'm just really thankful. And I think if we stay in that place, of just thankfulness, that'll keep you operating in the right power. But Jesus' greatest challenge, most stern rebuke, 
is against the hypocrite. And the Greek word for hypocrite literally means actor. Someone acting a part, playing a role, but it's not truly their life role. Playing a part, pretending. And Jesus speaks most about this all through the gospels, but Matthew 23, you can check it out sometime. And I just wanna read a couple verses because Matthew 23, it's stern because it's, well, see for yourself. Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, think about him speaking this to crowds and his disciples. This is brutal. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but don't, but not the works that they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. It's like me saying, hey guys, listen to what all these pastors are saying as they preach from the word. Don't do what they do, because they preach, but they don't practice. That is not for every pastor. I've met some real ones. That's what Jesus is saying. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear. They lay on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They, They do all their deeds to be seen by other people. He describes the hypocritical person by saying everything is about notoriety from others People are their focus. God is not at the center of their heart. They are double-minded. It's about their position and their power and their person. Verse 13, he says, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow who would enter to go in. As they hold people back, by making it about themselves, by setting up an earthly standard of human perfection, saying, come, be like me, you know? Even though we know that, man, I don't meet the glorious standard. Jesus is saying that you're in desperate need of a savior. But here's where it brings me, okay? All of this brings me to this place. Because if I see anything in this passage, Peter blames Satan for this action, but he asks them a very clear question. Why is it that Satan has filled your heart? That means you have opened a door to him and chosen a way to go and follow him. Why has this occurred? Here's the word for, I believe, our church and maybe our lives together in this room right now. I believe the Lord has really pointed me to the reality that there is a true spiritual battle going on for our life. The scripture says in uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and I think we watch TV and we see Sam Smith dancing as a fat devil on a, on a stage. But in reality, it's a mockery. Like, that's not the reality. It makes it feel like a joke, like a fairy tale. But Satan is not Sam Smith on a stage dancing strangely, you know? He's out to murder, to injure you, steal from you, and literally kill you your demise. 
You have the power to say yes or to say no. It is crucial that we begin to, to choose the way of the Holy Spirit. To begin to say no, because there's a greater yes on the other side of that no. I believe God wants more for the church today. And he is not withholding power. I believe the church is not choosing the powerful way. I believe many church leaders are rather serving money and the pocketbook than to do what Peter did here and say, we will not accept this. They're not stewarding souls, we're stewarding pocketbooks. And Lord, have mercy on my soul. I say this with all humility. I don't even wanna say it. But if I see anything, there's a powerless church because we operate in a different kind of power, the power that money has and the power that man has. The early church was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't serve the money. They served the king. I invite you from the place that maybe you sit today to begin to win spiritual battles and operate in power, the power that you were designed to operate in. I long for myself and this church and church kingdom at large to wake up and begin to operate in power. I'm beginning to see it in so many lives. But it's people who are forsaking the ways of the world and choosing the way of our king. And he's coming through. He just does, doesn't he? Every time. And he's gracious and kind. And I just want us to think about this in, in James chapter four. I believe he gives us a pretty clear outline of what it looks like to potentially shut doors that maybe we've opened and make the turn that we need to maybe make. The scripture says that he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So in verse seven, he says of chapter four, submit yourselves therefore, because this is true, submit yourself to God. It means come under his authority. Submit yourself to him. It's not about us, it's about him. That's the reality. It is about him. Bring your life under his, the reality that it's about him. And it says resist the devil. Resist Satan. Say no. You can't just say no. There's got to be a yes we grab onto. And the yes we grab onto as people in Christ is who are you? Oftentimes, Satan's temptation for us is choose this and you'll get blank. Don't you know who you are? The child of the living God. You're a holy vessel set apart to be filled with his presence. Given God-given purpose right here, right now. What more do you need? But there is this lie, man. I hear it all the time, and I'm sure you do too. But you need something different. You need something more, Jay. And if you had that, you would be really happy, you know? Resist Satan, man, and give the better yes to the king. And then it says, and then he will flee from you. He's going to run away from you. When you begin to stand on the truth, the authority that you have, 
in Christ. No, this is who I am. This is what I've called, been called. And I surround myself with other people who think and say the same kind of stuff. Live the truth. Then draw near to God. Make moves. That's why I wrote my notes. Make moves. Let's make different moves. Draw near to God. God is going to be faithful to draw right to you. But he doesn't break doors down. He only knocks. And if you open, he comes in. But then he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Is there anything outside of your life right now that is a distraction, that's dirty in the situation, you know what I mean? The thing that we keep in the closet just in case we ever need it, it's there, it's not far. Wash those things away. Clean things out. Do you need to clean something out today? Clean it out. Get it going. Purify your hearts. You're double-minded. This is the work I don't believe that we can do. Jesus tells the church in Revelation, you need purified. You come to me and I'm willing to purify all the clothing you're going to wear. But you don't come to me with price you come to me needy because you don't have anything to offer. And oftentimes, I love what TC shared at his church today. A lot of times, we, our greatest effort is to like bring God a half-filled cup, like the best we know how. Like, I filled it up a little bit and I just need a little bit more from you. And we feel like just more justified there. Like I feel more humble because, hey, God, I'm doing a lot of work for you. And so I've got a little bit filled. I just need you to fill up a little bit and I'll be good. What he's saying is like, if you try to bring me something for me, that's not how this thing works. Submit yourself to me. I'm the giver is what he's saying. I'm willing to give to you. I don't need you to bring anything to me. You got to realize your need and you come to me. And I'm willing to give you everything that you need. But you've got to come to me and receive from me. And so I just want to put before us, guys, I think Ananias and Sapphira, best I know how. I just think they really wanted it to be about them. And it was a process to get to the place where they opened up doors in their heart where they were like, yo, this thing's about me and I'd rather it be about me. I've seen God do amazing things, but it's all about me. And this is just a sobering text to bring us the reality that we serve a living God and he knows our hearts. But I would just invite you in this day, in this space, in this time, he's willing to meet you right where you are, but he's wanting to invite you to brand new spaces that you've maybe never been. Would you allow him to take you where he desires you to be? Would you submit yourself to him today? And if some of you have stopped along the way, I invite you to take a turn right now. Should you spend time with him in prayer? Just talk to him. So Father, we we just bring you this right here. This is Surrender Heart. Lord, thank you uh, for the work you're doing in our lives. Thank you for journeying with us. 
Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for fresh starts. And thank you for your abiding presence that leads us along the way. Lord, lead us from this place to people who need you, to wounded souls, to people in search for purpose. Send us now. Holy Spirit, we invite you just to fill, fill us, overflowing, that others would experience you. Pray that in Jesus' name.